0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Oh my goodness! First and foremost, welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Shanti. And I absolutely love when previous guests come back on the show, especially those who challenge us, who educate us, who make us feel good about who we are, but who also put us in our place. Cause you know, we are 100% about keeping it real here. And today, Vani Hart is a revolutionary food activist, a New York Times bestselling author, co-founder of the organic food brand, True Truvani. Put that in your head. Don't forget it. And was named one of the most influential people on the internet by Time Magazine. Hari started FoodBabe.com to spread information about what is really in the American food supply. She teaches people how to make the right purchasing decisions at the grocery store, how to live an organic lifestyle, and how to travel healthfully around the world. Visit her online at FoodBabe.com. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Welcome back to the show. Give us a little catch up before we dive in, because you know we got some new stuff to talk about. <laughs> We have so
0: much new stuff to talk about. I think we i did. had a baby since I talked to you last.
1: Oh, my gosh. All right. So I have to tell you something that's, like, super important. I remember, I remembered, like, six months after that that I was supposed to send you a onesie. And I never sent you the baby of Insanity onesie. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I, I don't even know if you remember, but. I remember.
0: Well, you did help me get back in shape. You're like, you need (laughs) to do my program. It's only 20 minutes and you can do it. And I did start doing it. It was awesome. And oh my gosh, I'm just telling you, Sean, it is just so good to be with you again. It is so cool to be connected to you because, gosh, I just love you. I love everything you put out on the internet, the confidence and the just the straightforwardness that you have about your life and about your opinion. And it just, you know, really resonates with someone like me. So thank you.
1: I have to say, I really appreciate that because, you know, I'm really in this space of trying to get people to not live in a one-dimensional space. And that's why I love that you have a new book that we're going to talk about. But even with you, where people know you as the challenger to keep us healthy, to challenge companies out there, You also are very visibly a mom, a business owner. I feel like sometimes the internet traps us into this tunnel and they only want to know us for one thing. And, you know, being in the fitness industry for 25 years, I can't even believe it's been a quarter of a century plus. Being in the fitness industry for 25 years, having motivated and inspiring people, I think oftentimes when you get into a career, it can sometimes be synonymous with what I consider to be not the healthiest interpersonal relationships. Like when people get married, they forget that in 20 years, like you want your spouse to grow. And so they expect me to be the same person that I was 20 years ago. I think the same way or not having grown. And, you know, when I was younger and, and my earlier year, I wasn't married. I wasn't, I was out, but I wasn't necessarily out to the world. I didn't have kids. And so my growth, the seeds that have been planted help me be who I am. And so I thank you for that. And I love, you know, you're, you're definitely one of those people that inspire me because you are so freaking fearless and you know that people are going to challenge you. And you still, like my grandfather says, you stay steadfast and abundant on what it is that you believe in and how you want to educate people. So anyway, thank you. It's also you know, I'm, I'm hitting the tennis ball back to you, and I just really appreciate you.
0: Oh, well, thank you, Sean. So, um, so yeah, I had a baby, and then I wrote another book. It's called Food Babe Family, and uh, it's, yes. it's so cool to write that book because it is literally an intimate look into my family, how we eat, how I raise my kids, what we do at the dinner table, everything, all the habits, all the tips, everything, plus 100 recipes that are brand new and amazing that the whole family is going to love. Like I'm a mom that like I can't stand making something separate for my kids. Mm-hmm. I want to have the same meal for everybody in the family. So when we sit down, we're eating the same foods, we're all enjoying it, we're having our conversation and that's what this cookbook's about. Is to sit down as a family and let me just tell you It was the hardest thing to put together. If you can imagine, and I know you can imagine this because you have two little boys, 60, just imagine like 60 family portraits in various outfits (laughs) and including recipes and food in a three-day photo shoot. I mean, it was insanity. After it was over, I just like looked at my husband and I was like, oh my gosh, we did it. We're done oh my gosh, I don't know how these pictures are going to turn out, but we're going to just make them work. And if everyone looks silly, oh well, because that's just what we're going to
1: have to deal with. Isn't it funny that people think that the actual recipe portion is hard and those (laughs) that minimal time with trying to take pictures, get outfits, like the promotional part of it, is actually the biggest headache of the entire process.
0: (laughs) I mean, the recipes were easy. The writing was easy because it was like, what does my family do? How do we make it all work? How do we survive this over world. I mean, what did I do when my daughter's school was serving Domino's pizza on pizza Friday? I tell the story. I, I share the, what, what I do in those situations and we can get into that if you want to know what happened. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically that's what I'm doing in this book and I'm so proud of it. I'm so excited about it and I can't wait for like every person to have this book. One of the things that I loved recently, Sean, you shared on social media just like yesterday or the day before how your son wanted a drone, and you're like, you got to earn it. And he had to take out the trash. And this little boy, he's what, six, five, six, five, five. Six? five. Five, okay. I thought he was already six. I know he was close in age to my oldest. So, yeah, five. Five-year-old little boy carried out this huge bag of trash. And I don't know how far your trash can is, so I can only imagine.
1: I mean, it's it's a pretty good ways.
0: <laughs> you know, it was like screaming to me, like, parenting fail. Like, why aren't my kids taking out the trash? Like, I need... <laughs> to get my kids in gear. So what What that taught me is that no matter how much you think you have it together as a parent, there's always something you can learn from another parent. And it motivates you to be just better, you know, and to be your yeah. better self, right? Which and
1: yeah.
0: it, which is I'll, what this whole podcast is about, right? So, yeah,
1: exactly. But I was going to say, you know, with that said, it's so interesting to be able to teach my son- Like as we go along, you know, when they're infants and when they're younger, they ask you for things and we give them, we give them the food when they want, we change their diapers, we do all this stuff for them. And then you have to pull them off of you just being what I like to call their, their full time, you know, server at a restaurant, you know what (laughs) I mean? And you don't get a tip, but you know, it's just kind of like, and then, you know, we had to start teaching them all right, like you have to earn something. So then they got the piggy bank. So if they wanted something from Amazon, now they save it and they bring me the money. And so he came up with that on his own. He was like, you know, Papa, I really want this drone. And I was like, well, you know, you have to wait till your birthday or Christmas. And he was like, but can I, can I do a job for it? And so I said, well, what job do you want to do? He was like, well, I really think that taking the trash out for 10 days in a row would be enough to get this drone. Now, You know, the drone is like 49 bucks. It is for kids. And while I'm like, no, you need to take the trash out for 30 days. I wanted to commend that and really give him like, you know, positive reinforcement to be like, absolutely. But to your point, and this is really important to me. My kids know what protein is. They know healthy, but we still have a tough time getting one of them, the one that threw the trash bag. One of them will eat vegetables, he'll eat his fruit, but the other one is like, nope, I want chicken fingers. So then we are like searching for the healthiest possible chicken fingers possible. But he doesn't want the bread on his black bean burger because he says the bread is not protein. So I'm excited to read your book, and that's why I want to dive into what it is that you have to say because, like you said, we as parents have like little pockets of it together, but we can all learn from each other. So let's dive into this. And I want people to read it, so I don't want you to give away too much, but I think the first question that I want you to answer, because I feel like you are the perfect person to ask this, how can parents not feel guilty for not being at the level as to where you are because obviously you're an expert? Like, Because I think we need to take away the guilt to be able to get them to start the process of change. So how would you go about you know, helping them through that first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's a really tough thing. Cause even as much as I know about nutrition and food, I feel bad too. Like when we're on vacation and they're eating croissants every single day for breakfast, cause that's what they're what's available. And I'm letting my kids indulge, but you know, I feel guilty. Cause I'm like, Oh man, I should have just made them a bowl of oatmeal at home or in the hot hotel room or whatever. I should have just, you know, ponied up and been a little bit more mom, you know, on this vacation, right? Instead of just letting them go hog wild. But, you know, so we all get that guilty feeling when we're in different situations. But what I like to do is if there is a guilty situation, so like for example, I think this is a real world example. We're tired. We've had a long work week. You know, we just want to order pizza, right? We want to order in do DoorDash, whatever. We're not going to cook, right? Well, When I'm in that situation where I don't feel like coming up with the main meal or coming up with what, you know, everyone's going to eat, what I'll do is I will order the DoorDash. I will go for the pizza, but what I'll do in the background while I'm waiting for that pizza to arrive is I'll whip up some of my fast, easy, quick veggies. For example, my roasted cauliflower takes 30 minutes in the oven, but I use a little I have a big oven, but I also have a toaster oven. That's a Breville toaster oven. And that thing warms up in two seconds. So you can just literally pop stuff in there. You can air fry it in there. It's fast. So I'll chop up cauliflower real quick. Toss it with some olive oil, some sea salt and paprika. And I have all that in my counter on a little, in a little caddy. It's ready to go. It's in the oven within five minutes while we're waiting for that pizza. That's cooking, right? So my kids are getting some cauliflower with their pizza. And then maybe I might throw in a sweet potato too when I'm, working or whatever during the day. And I throw it in for an hour at 400. That took two seconds to throw in. And my kids are eating some sweet potato. They're eating some cauliflower, but they're getting they're their pizza too. Mm. And then I'll serve some fruit with that afterwards. So it's like they get some nutrients along with that pizza. They're not just getting the pizza that's been delivered by the dude, right? It's not <laughs> just that. So, and yeah. so I kind of lessen my guilt a lot of times by doing these kind of hacks where If we're ordering out, I make sure that we have something with it, right? And so that's one way I do it and one way that like parents can feel less guilty about when they do have to eat out because we have to face it, right? When we eat out, we are losing our control over the food we're eating. The food industry, the restaurants out there, uh, unless you know your restaurant, you know it's a local organic place. They're likely using seed oils that are very inflammatory, that have been deodorized, bleached to hell, extracted with hexane, and this is stuff that you don't want in your child's body or your body on a regular basis, right? But that's what the majority, I would say 99% of the restaurants out there are using in America. And then you're exposing yourself to all kinds of other food toxins that end up in the food, like the packaging material that they're putting the food in. Uh, the types of pans they're using at these places. They're likely using Teflon. Not to mention that a lot of places don't even make their own food. It's coming frozen first and they're parboiling it. Meaning like, for example, rice comes already made in a plastic bag at Applebee's, for example, and you they stick it in a pot of hot water to warm it up and serve it out of that hot plastic bag. So those plastic toxins are leaching into that rice, right? And that's just if you're eating out a lot of times you're being exposed to all of those chemicals and that's stuff we want to avoid if we want to be the healthiest person. Right. Yes. So, so just think about that. Like as much as you can prepare and buy your food and, and know what your child is eating in terms of the ingredients, the better you're going to set them up. And if those occasional times happen where you have to order out, supplement it with whatever you have in the fridge or whatever you need to get rid of or whatever, and just, Put a couple things, you know, just chop up some cucumbers real quick and stick them on the on the on the table. The kids will munch down while they're waiting for pizza. There's nothing worse than a kid waiting for pizza, right? When's the <laughs> yes. pizza here? Can you show me the map on the DoorDash app? Like
1: It's so crazy. Like one of my kids will ask like every 3 seconds, is the food here yet? Is the food here yet? Is the food here yet? And I'm like, "Yo, bro, you just asked me that like 18 seconds ago." But yeah. I will say thank you because people might look at you and I'm like, "Oh, you know, she has it all together. She never orders out." But I think that like helping parents and kind of releasing the stress of making sure there's balance and people feel like in order to be the best parent, especially when it comes to nutrition and like dealing with your kids, they just feel like they have to be 100%, 100% of the time. And we all know that as parents, that is literally impossible because you're trying to raise kids that are, you know, they are their own person and they're in their own brain.
0: That's right. And that is a perfect way to talk about what happened to my daughter recently. Let me just, this was so mind blowing to me. And the whole situation just makes me laugh because okay. I have been so adamant about teaching my kids, both of them, the truth about the food industry. Like we have a monumental Responsibility, because we are on the internet, we understand what's going on in the food supply. We're learning about it. We have this information available to us, not like our parents did. Right? Our parents didn't know jack about nutrition. I don't know about yours, but but my parents did not know jack. Right? They didn't know anything about any of these chemicals and the Cheetos and the Doritos and McDonald's, etc. Right? They just thought we I'm feeding my child and they're eating. Right? Mm-hmm. Now we have that information. I feel like oh, that information's at our fingertips. It's being shared so widely on the internet. And we have a long way to go, but the, the information's available. And if you know better, I believe you have an obligation to tell them the truth at a young age. So even at an early age of like nine months old, my daughter was traveling with me on a business trip to New York. And she was in one of those little gas station type news stores in the airport. You know what I'm talking about? It's like Mm -hmm. all candy and like, you know, Q-tips and, you know, little wipes and bags of food, right? And drinks. And so she's in there with me, I'm getting like water or something. And she's playing with like the Snicker bars and the Twix bars and the Skittles. And she's nine months old crawling on the ground, playing with all these packages of, crap candy, right? Full of artificial food dyes that are linked to hyperactivity in children, full of additives, things that I just wouldn't personally buy and put in my house. So, I at that age started telling her. I was like, this is is artificial, made with artificial food dye. And I just I knew that she was 9 months old and like of course she's not going to be able to repeat it and like understand it at that age, but she, kids listen to everything. And so mm-hmm. anytime there was a teachable moment, where she was playing with something or picking something up or interested in something that we don't buy in her house or her, somebody else was eating that she was curious about, I made the conscious effort to teach her about the ingredients in food. And so at home, we talk about the ingredients, and I just do it all the time when we're at the grocery store wherever. So fast forward to age six.
1: <laughs>
0: She's at her last day of school. And there's an ice cream truck coming, okay? Well, about two weeks prior to that, the headmaster sends out a note. It's ice cream day at school on this day, just letting you guys know we're going to have ice cream day. I write back, like, within two nanoseconds. And I said... (laughs) What kind of ice cream? I would love to provide the ice cream for her class. Let me know. Happy to drop it off. Da, 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 da. I'm always there when it comes to food. Like, how can we get the organic popsicles? You know, how can we get the organic ice cream truck to come or whatever, right? If there is yeah. one. goodness gracious, right? So I said, you know, what can I do to help? She goes, oh, we've got it covered. And I was like, oh, should I press on and ask, like, what?
1: I know. You're like, what should I do?
0: (laughs) I let it go. It was the end of the year. and I was like, you know, just let her have some fun. Like, don't get involved. Like it'll be fine. You know? And so my daughter goes to school that day and she comes home and she says, mom, I just want to tell you about the ice cream truck. And I was like, okay. And she said, mom, I think I made the best choice. And I said, oh really? What does that mean? And she goes, well, (laughs) I got the ice cream sandwich because it was not bright red. It wasn't bright blue. I knew it didn't have artificial food dyes. And I think I chose the best choice. And it was a big ice cream sandwich. I go, what do you mean big? She goes, it was, this long, and I said, "Oh, it's not like the mini ones we get at the grocery store, you know, that we have in our in our freezer." Yeah, she yeah. goes, "No, it was double the size," and I was like, "Oh, so you had a huge ice cream sandwich today?" She's like, "Yes." She go- I go, "Was it good?" She goes, "It was delicious." And I said, "Oh, okay." And it just, oh my gosh, did it make me so proud and so happy that she was using her own problem solving skills? to come up with a solution that she knew was questionable, like some of the things are questionable in that truck. I know about some of these things and mm. I should avoid it. And I'm gonna choose the best choice and still have a good time and enjoy it and love it and eat it, right? So what did I do after this this conversation? Of course, my stupid ass, I went and Googled, <laughs> I went and Googled what's in a typical ice cream sandwich, not the organic Alden brand no, that we get, right?
1: Body, no, no, no.
0: Can I curse on here?
1: Of course. You can curse.
0: That mother ice cream sandwich <laughs> had artificial dye in it.
1: No way.
0: Yes. Like, and did I have the heart to tell her? Absolutely <laughs> not. No way no. in a million years would I tell her that that was the, the case, right? Right, Because like, right, I'm right. so proud of her for like thinking about it and making a good decision like that she thought was like good. But man, you can't even win with an ice cream sandwich. That's <laughs> how screwed up this food system is. That they were putting caramel coloring level four to make that little chocolate wafer, not real oh. chocolate. And then they were putting titanium dioxide in the vanilla part to make it more white. fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com
1: You want to know what's so interesting so I don't know if I know you've been following me along but I'm doing a, a, a bodybuilding journey I'm yeah, my first physique show and so now I don't eat out.
0: What do you mean I don't know this? Like yes of course I know this. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I mean sorry. I mean your your photography and your videos I'm just like is this even is he even human? What's going on <laughs> here, right?
1: I know. I'm trying. Prior to that, I eat I would say more than 85% healthy, probably 90 because I just don't eat cheese. I don't eat any kind of dairy products. I don't even eat like tomato soup, even if it has nothing in it. Anything that gives me any inflammatory or whatever. So I don't typically eat anything that's that doesn't make me feel good. And the only thing I'll have that's I have two things that are super fun, which is French fries, because I just absolutely love them. And an old fashioned, right. But the thing that is just like, so wild, because of this journey, and like, I have to cook every single piece of my food. And it's super, I mean, I can season it, but it's Mm -hmm. like very healthy.
0: Have you done a podcast on what you're eating during this journey?
1: Not the end of it. As I get closer to the show, I didn't even tell Alex this yet, but I'm gonna do a episode a day of like the last week of my show because it, you know, it's gonna be mentally crazy, but I definitely should talk about the nutrition aspect of it. Oh because my gosh.
0: People will be so fa- – I'm fascinated. Like I want to go listen to
1: it, right? I want is, you to tell
0: me right now because I I, I need to know.
1: It is like super. Bland, but bland has become super tasty. Like I start out my day with, I literally start out my day with egg whites, a half a cup of oatmeal, and mixed berries. And it's like my my digestive system, everything. Like I haven't drank alcohol in weeks. I drank one time when I was in France because we were at a live auction and I just had to have a real champagne. But it's incredible how. Just my my body feels, my skin, my system with just having, you know, I have lean ground chicken, I have white rice, I have vegetables with every meal, and it's just like this incredible feeling journey. And at first I was just like, oh, this is going to be like so boring. You know, I didn't have any, no French fries <laughs> But it's it's amazing.
0: So what did you do when you were in France? Did you cook? Did you get like an Airbnb and cook? Or did you... What did you do? Tell us the truth.
1: I meal prepped almost every meal. And the restaurant that we used was at this tennis academy. And they knew exactly how to cook my food. They cooked the chicken. They cooked the rice. Or they cooked the steak. Exactly how I wanted it. And they knew exactly the kind. I mean, you know, we kind of prep them before we came there. When I travel internationally, and I've never had to do this before, I took my food for the entire flight. That lasted me until I got to the Airbnb. Which
0: is like 24 hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, in this light container.
0: That is an amazing tip if you guys are listening to this. I mean, this is an amazing tip to prep your hotel wherever you're staying in advance. I did that once where I was staying at this resort And I had seen people's Instagram photos of like when their kids enter the room and there's this huge display of candy and all this other crap. (laughs) And I emailed the resort ahead of time and said, hey, my kids don't do artificial food dyes. Can you prepare something for them that's fun, but without the dyes? And they made homemade strawberry mango popsicles. It was incredible. And all I had to do was like, Send a little email to the concierge beforehand, but prepping people about your diet before you go out of the house is like an amazing tip. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's awesome. And
1: I think that, you know, for people who may be like weary of that or or whatever, all you have to do is say, these are the allergies that my family has. And it doesn't matter. Like, depending on what hotel you go to, if they have a kitchen, they're typically going to work with that. So. You know i always say it's an allergy and they're just like okay you know we'll do it also what i'm going to do actually in the very near future i have a way of food prepping that is like it's so easy people think food prep is hard i've i have a way of cooking my chicken and my rice and my vegetables i mean i can cook everything in like 20 minutes and i have it for an entire week
0: we need a reel on this
1: <laughs> exactly
0: And I want to share it because I I just want to teach people like when you're eating real food, it actually is really simple because it's real food. There's like no other, there's nothing else to make fancy, right? It's a little sea salt, little seasoning, whatever you want to put on there. Right. I mean, I assume you're using some kind of something on there.
1: I use salt and pepper and that's it. That's like, that's the only thing I have. Um, And then there are some sauces out there that are really healthy anyway, With that said, I want to dive into the book. Let's talk about all of the things that people are going to really feel, how they're going to feel better by using these recipes, the tips you have for your family. Because to be quite honest, sometimes as parents, we just get lazy. And, like, you know, oftentimes that's why we do order out. And then you kind of get into this this momentum of ordering out instead of prepping the food and having everything ready. And, you know, I will say, and I'm like full disclosure – you know, we have two nannies, so we have we have a lot of help around our house, and they are, like, wonderful, but not everybody has that opportunity to have things, especially to, like, to help you prep for your kids. So I know people are going to read the book, but, like, I want to give them just, like, a couple little tips to help them get the book, to read it, to do the recipes, and not necessarily how easy it is, but the beneficial points of, you know, what they're going to experience when they do read it and use it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the book starts off, the first full half of the book is all tips and tricks in like what my family's doing. I take you through a typical day at my house, how my kids are eating, how my toddler eats, what specifically he's eating at every single meal. And then I go through all of the tricky situations that happen, the school lunches, the parties that they're invited to the traveling all of those different situations when they go to an event you know they go see Daniel Tiger live or whatever right like what do you do in those circumstances where everyone's eating dip and dots and i i go through all the stories that i've already been through as a mom but also like the strategies on how you can prepare your kid in advance but also like prepare yourself and what to pack with you i go through all my snacks like if there's not a more like pertinent problem from being a parent than having snacks in like your pockets, hidden in your purse, hidden in your backpack. Like at all times, you really do have to have snacks. Like snacks are (laughs) important for kids. And there's so many bad snacks out there. Like one of the things that I'm just, I'm just livid about is the amount of people who eat goldfish. It made me so mad. Uh, Recently, my daughter was taking a cooking camp and um they sent out an email and they said yeah we're gonna give out a snack before they have their meal and they're making all of this amazing food they're making sushi one day they're making you know chicken fried rice the next day they're making um homemade focaccia bread and they're doing this and they're doing that and then what the hell do they give them for snack goldfish i'm like have them cut a vegetable or a (laughs) fruit and have them (laughs) practice their knife skills like come on on, right, it made me so irritated. Like
1: of all of like all of the amazing things you're doing, why don't you have them make the snack
0: or like make one of the dishes first, have them snack on that, and then make the rest of the dishes. Whatever, right? Like a sushi roll is a great snack. So, anyways, um, yeah. So this is what we're dealing with, right? We have some of the best of the best, but then we still have to deal with the goldfish. So I have you know, over a hundred snacks better than a goldfish in this book that you can either make for your child or buy for your child. I actually have a video that I filmed on over 20 snacks that I personally buy from the grocery store or from Amazon or wherever that I stock. And you can see that video um on foodbabefamily.com. You can get that video. And I just go through it of what I'm packing in my bag. So you can see every single package and see what it looks like and what everybody's doing. And that's like, once you got that kind of covered, I go into habits. So one of the important couple of important habits that I want to go over just real quick, and I go in more depth in my book, but it is so important. To feed your kids, I think, in courses. Not only does it prep them for when you want to do those three hour lunches in France, like you were just doing with your your homemade meal prepped
1: food. Yes. I'm bougie up in this bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I love those three hour lunches too. I'm about to go to Europe too. So it's like I love that and I want to prep my kids for those long lunches because there's nothing better than that. But and all the dancing and on the tables and all of that stuff, too. I know, it's but so
1: fun. <laughs> so fun.
0: And I take my kids everywhere, so they just they party along with us. It's so much fun. Exactly. But, um, so, so I like to serve food in courses, and the first course is always the vegetable because if they don't eat the vegetable, then – They're probably not going to, I mean, in, in all actuality, all the other stuff is like more exciting for them to eat. So if they are hungry and they sit down at the table, they're going to eat their vegetables. And I just serve like at least two to three vegetables. And so they get to choose which vegetable they want. I love eating vegetables. So I eat all the leftovers anyways. And it's so, it's so awesome. And my kids eat vegetables every single meal. Um, Usually at breakfast, it's in some form of a popsicle or smoothie that the greens are mixed into or some kind of hash. But, you know, at the other meals, like the cauliflower I mentioned, or, you know, I make vegetables that are tasty and delicious. Like they're not like, you know, half steamed and they're still hard and they have no flavor. Mm-hmm. Like I have to make them tasty for myself, but also for them. And that, they, that way they really get to enjoy them. And then the other piece is when I'm making something like a pancake or a waffle, like not serving them egos, right? I'm not going to serve them the same flavor you know, pancake recipe that's made with white flour every single time. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to use almond flour some days. Then I'm going to use buckwheat flour the next week. Then I'm going to use oat flour. So every single time I'm making pancakes, I'm making them different. I'm making them with different flours because then they get a wide range of nutrients. They're not just being exposed to white flour where they're only going to like that. They get exposed to really healthy grains. And I love doing that. I do that with the waffles. I do it with pancakes. I do it with biscuits. I do it with muffins. I I use all different varieties of flowers in my muffins, you know, and a lot of times I'll sweeten those muffins with mashed banana, a little honey, maple syrup, some vanilla. I mean, they're delicious and they're so good. And a lot of times I'll hide spinach in there too. Like if I make blender muffins, which is like the best trick in the world is like if you are making muffins and you're like stirring it in a bowl and you're doing this, like forget that, right? Like throw everything (laughs) in a blender, hit the button and you can throw spinach in there and it blends it all up and it's in the muffin and they don't even know it. It's not that they care to know it. Some kids would, would hate the, the color of it or whatever. But if you make them super green, you can make them Hulk muffins or monster muffins and, ho- you know, and um, during Halloween or whatever, or just all the time or dragon muffins, you know, or dinosaur muffins, whatever you want to do. But there's such fun ways to incorporate vegetables and also cool flowers that aren't just the white refined flour. That's not really nutritious. So right.
1: I love that. Hmm. I need to make some Hulk muffins for my kids. They would like,
0: I'll send you the recipe.
1: Please do. Another thing is, you know, we were just talking about you love taking your kids out. They party with you. They have fun. We're the same way. We just love taking them and letting them see the world or wherever we travel. A tip on helping parents navigate being out and eating at a restaurant with their kids and not just ordering from, because we don't just order from the kids menu every time. So how do we manage that?
0: Well, when you're in France, you can't order from the kids' menu, which is pretty cool because there's always, know, like, yeah, some true. nice <laughs> piece of Like, they usually have, like, filet mignon or steak on there and, like, vegetables.
1: Yo, we were in the Nice <laughs> airport, and we got to this restaurant, and I, I always, again, I'm bougie, so it's fine, but I always choose the best <laughs> restaurant in the airport. I'm like, I'm going to find the best place. So we Love get it. there, and they had, like, the kids' menu was, like, Filet mignon. It was like
0: and it's like a little piece like this, but like you know, it's they like, did not you know. serve
1: one chicken finger. If that was not, I was like, oh, this is my life. And they were like, even if the burger was grass fed, I was like, let's go. Like I'm about this life anyway. But yes, that's the, that's one of the hardest things for parents to just not go and be like, okay, you're gonna get the grilled cheese and the French fries, or, you know. And I mean, we've been guilty of it obviously because there are times where you're like, I cannot. Deal with this child.
0: You have those times, and you yeah. know you just have to again have some grace for yourself. Move <laughs> on. You can do better the next day. Some tips that I love is like when I sit down for a meal. Well, first of all, we really have to, as parents, model the type of behavior we want to see in a restaurant at home too. Like if you let your kids run around and take bites and never sit down for a meal, they're not going to sit at a restaurant either, right? Uh, it's just it's just not going to happen unless you put an iPad in front of them or something like that you really have to sit down and model like sitting down for a meal, enjoying it, having conversation for them to have an enjoyable experience out. And my daughter now who's six has these two and three hour lunches. When we go to St. Bart's, we go every summer for a few weeks and it's a French, um, Island. And so it's, you know, and it's, it's so much fun because there's a fashion show. People are dancing on the tables. And then the saxophone guy there's comes out. You know, like the, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things that happen. Right. Yeah. And during that three hour period, you know, and so, and then she makes friends too, which like the French kids are all really friendly. And so it's just, it's so cool, but it's really important to think about what you can do ahead of time to model that. Now, once you're at the restaurant, one of the things that I always do is in my bag, I have like sticker books. I've got, you know, all the toys. I've got wiki sticks. i got magnetic men. I got all all the things that, you know, will keep their little hands busy while they're waiting for food. So they're not asking me where the food is every five minutes. And, and then one of the things I do is I'll whisper to the waiter or waitress and I'll say, Hey, could you bring the bread basket at the end of the meal? Like, can you bring it? don't bring it all hot and yummy right now. Like, can you bring it at the end of the meal? So we have our salads and our vegetables first, or we have our main meal first. And, and what I do, when I see a menu, I'll, I'll take a glance at the menu. I'll read the whole menu before I even read the kid's menu and see if there's something on the whole menu that my kids would love to eat. And then I'll read the kid's menu. And then sometimes I'll order one of the kid's meals and then one of the regular menus and I'll mix and match. Or if the kids' menu is awesome, you know, and they have the filet and they have the mahi-mahi on there, you know, maybe one kid gets the mahi-mahi, one get, gets the filet with the broccoli, and, you know, let's just be honest, they're going to get the French fries, you know, and, and then they can switch and swap and have surf and turf or whatever, and that's one of the things I always love to do is order two things off the kids' menu, and then they can have – not just the you know, the chicken fingers, but like say they wanted the chicken fingers, then you would also order the, you know, Mahi Mahi and with the broccoli. And so you, they'd have a little bit of everything. So they get That's what cool. they want, but they also have some of the other good stuff.
1: One of the things that we've well, it was kind of my idea, no shade to Scott, but it was. I was trying to think of, you know, psychologically, how do you want to set up your kids to have like a really good meal and understand that you don't like you want to be open to new ideas. So I taught them like etiquette. So now my kid sits down, they grab the napkin. They're like, Papa, I'm doing my etiquette. And then their, their mind just becomes more open to like, I'm like, okay, like, what do you guys want to eat? What do you want to have? And I'm like, if they don't want something quote unquote healthy, I'll make sure they have something off my plate. And Scott came up with this. You have to try something new no matter what, even if you don't like it, you have to try something new every meal. You know, we know they're not allergic to it. And that's also really helped them be like, oh, I want to order that next time. So it's, you know, not just the same thing over and over and over again. But the etiquette thing is like super fun because then they feel like they're really special. They're like, oh, I got, I'm doing my etiquette.
0: Oh, I'm totally going to use that. I'm totally going to use that word and try to like instill that because lately my two-year-old, has been throwing his napkin on the ground. He thinks it's hilarious to throw it on the ground. As soon as I play, I mean, we use cloth napkins, so I'm doing the laundry for that, right? So it's like, what are you throwing it on the ground? I just wash that, like, you know, fold <laughs> <throw> it, <laughs> it and put it away. And then I put it on the dinner table and you're throwing it on the ground. Like, what's going on? So I need to, I need to rein that in. I need to. Rein that I'm getting so, I, I did not expect to be going into this podcast getting all the parenting tips from you.
1: Oh, well, we are sharing, so this is great.
0: (laughs) Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam.
1: So let's talk about when is is the book out yet? I don't even. It's
0: out in October, October 17th. Yes. And you can pre-order now. Pre-order helps so much because it tells bookstores everywhere to carry it. But you can get it anywhere books are sold, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the indie bookstores.
1: Yes. So I just want to tell everyone, you know, Foo Babe family, you guys need to pre-order the book. Go now. I know I have one more question for Vani, but. I know that a lot of people are always interested in nutrition. Our podcast is really great when we have nutrition talks on here and the food babe is literally the queen of it all. I do have one random question because I've run into a lot of people who buy cookbooks but don't use them. How do you get people to actually, they invest in a book, but they don't invest in the process. You know, how do you... Get them to just start investing in that process where people might get overwhelmed and like, oh, I have to go get the, the ingredients and all that stuff. So I, I just want to, you know, I want to give them a ramp up to, to prepare for the book so that they can be ready to make all of the delicious things.
0: So one of the things that I'm guilty of that, I'm so guilty of that, I buy cookbooks (laughs) to look at the photos, right? Especially if it's someone I love. I mean, everyone should buy, yes, Food Made Family just for the sake of like, you could be like, oh man, they got all these shots and these kids are smiling and happy. How in the world, you know, yeah. Anyways, mind blown, but. No, seriously, like I do buy cookbooks just to look at the pictures, right? Like when Gwyneth Paltrow comes out with a new cookbook, I'm like, oh, I want to just see her smiling face. You know what I mean? Or whoever, right? My friend Kirsten Cavallari, I'm like, yeah, look at those beautiful photos of her, right? And I love her. Actually, I love her recipes too. But I really do think that the most important thing once you get a cookbook is not to make yourself overwhelmed and crazy and think you have to make like 10 recipes that week. Make one recipe a week, right? It could be one breakfast, one lunch, one dinner. And just give yourself a challenge about that, right? Because even just making one meal a week could change or replace one of the meals that you were eating that are was like subpar. Like, for example, you know, you're used to make making, you know, frozen waffles in the morning and you see my new recipe for waffles, and you realize that if you make them in bulk, you can freeze them and you don't have to. You know, make them every single time, you realize, like, oh my gosh, I'm eating these awesome waffles with like really good flours, really good ingredients every single week. And I only had to make them once and I just freeze them and I'm good to go. Like, you start to really surprise yourself and how easy it is to live this lifestyle and replace all of the stuff that you might be buying in the store that's full of processed ingredients.
1: I was second that because just being on my journey of food prep. You think like, oh, I have to like spend this much time to do something. But when you go to your refrigerator or your freezer all week, and sometimes if you freeze stuff, you can last for two weeks. You don't even understand how much time it saves. You can throw things in the air fryer. You can throw things just like on the stove really cute. Ki- I try not to cook too much in the microwave. Like I'll actually yeah. heat up things on, on the stove. You think that prepping takes a long time, but it actually saves you so much time
0: so much time in the future like i mean there's this dish that my kids love for lunch and my daughter takes it to school but to make it every single day would be just a pain and it's like it when i can make a big pot of it it's like this turkey meat mm. sauce with this uh, lentil rotini tomato are you I, you're like what
1: i mean you, anything that sounds like that right now that's not on my my you body you can't eat tomato plan. sauce well, I can't eat tomato sauce because a lot of times I get um, indigestion, believe it or not. I'm being very, very strict right now, you know. But once I'm out of my strict zone, I'll
0: I want open can up you too. invite me to your meal when you are out of the strict zone? I just wanna oh, I just want Oh my see God. Yes. <laughs> I'm coming.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I hope you are ready though, because I, you know. It'll be good. I
0: want to know. What's your advice? What's your food vice?
1: It's really just French fries. It is? Okay. Like I literally can go to a resort and I can be at the pool and I can eat. Well, I can't eat Caesar salad, but I can eat. I can get like a salad or whatever, or like just grilled chicken or like this, whatever. But the French fries are the thing that I, I'm like, I want to, I want to dip it in ketchup, and, to, and mayonnaise, I want to do the whole thing. But then I don't even do that much anymore because my stomach hurts. It's weird. I love cheesesteaks, but I can't eat them because I can't eat cheese. So even ice cream, I can't eat ice cream anymore. And I used to be like stressed about it because I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to eat it. And I used to eat it anyway and be miserable. And then like, I would say, oh, I'll just take, you know, the lactate pill. or I'll just, you know, Tums. And I'm just like, it just became not worth it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I don't want my body, my insides to feel like that. But French fries do not hurt me. <laughs> so French fries, I mean, it's really French fries in an old fashioned. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm boring, but I love a watermelon salad. <gasps> oh my gosh. With like with a little like,
0: feta. Can you eat feta? feta on I can top? eat feta. Feta
1: is the cheese that doesn't hurt my my belly, but all right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like we need to go to dinner right now. You guys, obviously, if you've listened to the show before and you've been a fan of the show for a long time or a listener for a long time, you know you can find the Food Babe on Instagram. I suggest if you have never heard or met Bonnie before, please go follow. She will educate your life (laughs) in every way when it comes to food. and, And you will be inspired in how challenging she is to hold people accountable for our health. Vani, do you have any kind of last words for the Trust and Believe crew, listeners?
0: Yes. So I just want you guys to remember that, again, we have a remarkable moment in history that we have so much information about food at our fingertips, and we have the opportunity to teach our little children to be the next generation of really great eaters and to demand safer and healthier food for everyone. So everybody out there that's listening, share information about food and what's in it with everyone you know and that's how change happens
1: thank you so much for being on the show and like okay we have to make a promise that we have to break bread together (laughs) one day let's just do that
0: yes yes all right you got to tell me where you're traveling because we're always traveling too so it's like we will meet up
1: all right i'll just say trust and believe we'll make it happen thank you all for listening